What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here. And today, as I mentioned, the last pod, we're going to be talking French Open with WTOP's Frank Hanrahan. And we're also going to talk some NBA because uh, you can follow him online if you care to. We are both from the D.C. area. You can find him at J at J Frank Hanrahan. He does the two-minute report on the Wizards and sometimes on the NBA. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. I think I'm trying to get him to change his Twitter handle to to be frank or something to that level. We'll see. But I want to start the show talking about my, um, shall I say, not an issue per se. I don't know where I fall on this sometimes. I feel like I vacillate back and forth. But my issue is with this fan that threw popcorn on Russell Westbrook. And I already feel like fan behavior in Philadelphia is kind of suspect. I think that, you know, people get a little too uh, tipsy at games and can kind of do things that some, in some cases may be out of the norm and not. But I'm disappointed in the level of fans right now. We need to do better. I'm a fan. You're a fan. If this stuff continues, including the fan that spit on Trey Young at Madison Square Garden during Game 2 and has now been banned from Madison Square Garden. Okay. We're in trouble, fans. They're going to move the fans further and further back from the court or the field if we don't know how to behave. This is definitely the proverb of one bad apple spoils a bunch. There is no doubt in my mind that is what we are dealing with here. And this bad apple, or these two bad apples, probably in many ways make the athletes feel like, man, I guess I kind of enjoyed it when there were no fans in the stands. But an injured player in Russell Westbrook is hobbling off the court and you throw popcorn on him? Many of the Wizard staffers in the arena security, which a couple of them I know, which I was like, oh, look who that is. Oh, look at him working. They had to restrain Russell Westbrook because he wanted to go up to the fan. And we all know how important the fans are to the game. Players, for the most part, like fans, as they should. But we can't have this. Russell Westbrook said, quote, to be completely honest, this bleep is getting out of hand, especially for me. The amount of disrespect, the amount of fans just doing whatever the bleep they want to do, it's just out of pocket. There are certain things that cross the line. 
any other setting, a guy were to come up on the street and pour popcorn on my head, you know what happens. Then he said, in those in these arenas, you got to start protecting the players. We'll see what the NBA does, end quote. Bradley Beal called it disgusting. Scott Brooks said the person that threw the popcorn on him should be banned from the league. He said, quote, very disrespectful. Philadelphia is better than that, end quote. I don't know if Philadelphia is necessarily better than that. I remember, you know, taking a bunch of kids up to a Wizards game at the Sixers, and they were like eight, nine, ten-year-olds. And they were cheering for the Wizards, and all of a sudden the Philly fans started booing them. Started telling them to be quiet and shut up to little kids. I was like, man, this is this is Philly. Philly's a different kind of fan base. Let's say that. Very, very, very passionate. And then LeBron James chimes in and says, by the way, uh, we as the players, in all caps, want to see who threw that popcorn on Russ while he was leaving the game tonight with an injury. There's cameras all over arena, so there's no excuse. Because if the shoe was on the other foot, Right? Then it shows the cameras. Hashtag protect our players. We just got to do better, fans. We got. We just got to do better. Because I don't want, as a fan, for you or me to lose our access, the close proximity you have to the games, to the players, to the action. And you may lose that. This may have long-term ramifications if you cannot be respectful of the players. And you'd think back in the day you could get away with it because it's a big arena. You don't know who did it. Not with the cameras these days. It's very easy to tell who. And just banning that one person doesn't end it. Then we got Kyrie Irving talking about going back to Boston and how, you know, there are racial issues in Boston that everyone is aware of. Even if there's a undertone to it and not overtly, it still is sad that we're we're at this this point. Kyrie Irving said, just keep it strictly to basketball. He said, quote, I'm just looking forward to competing with my teammates and hopefully we can just keep it strictly basketball. There's no belligerence or racism going on. Subtle racism. People yelling bleep from the crowd, but even if it is, it's part of the nature of the game and we're just going to focus on what we can control, end quote. And that's sad. Even Bill Russell was quoted as saying Boston is, quote, a flea market of racism, end quote. We don't want to see that. All of that goes into a very easy way for these leagues to say, hey, maybe if nothing else, we need to move the fans further away from the court, further away from the field, the ice, the grass. Brooks Kepka talking about somebody hit his knee possibly intentionally as they were walking up to 18th green. Bad apples do spoil the bunch, and I don't want it to spoil a bunch of games for us that we enjoy watching because of it. We don't want to spoil it. Speaking of spoiling, I'm not going to spoil what Frank Hammerhand has to say 
about uh, the French Open, who his favorite is to win on the men's and women's side, and his thoughts on whether Scott Brooks should return as coach, even if the Wizards do end up getting swept by the 76ers. Should the positive momentum towards the end of the season that the Wizards have trickle into the following season? And we want to see Scott Brooks get another chance. Let's see what happens when Beal and Westbrook are, you know, simpatico at the start of the season. That's coming up on Just for Sports. All right, Frank, thanks for giving me some time. How you doing down there in D.C.? Hey, getting ready for the uh, summer of the cicadas. I think we've only got a couple of weeks left, but yeah, we're hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> trying. Trying not to, oh to crush them as you walk around. <laughs> yeah, no. It's funny because literally every morning I walk out and I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, how many, how many? dead cicadas am i going to see on my my walk to the car and it's a lot there's a lot of carnage <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's pretty wild every 17 years wild. yeah yeah do you have them where you are uh i do not have cicadas and i don't have mosquitoes okay. either so i'm quite happy because where i am think about think about this like if we had a conversation like i'm having a conversation with you or somebody in another area that doesn't have cicadas, they literally must be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, almost definitely. And, and the and, noise, and, the noise too. And the noise. Oh, <laughs> it's like Boo Zealous from that World Cup. It is. Like you walk outside and you can't hear yourself think. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, well, like you said, hopefully it'll be over again soon. And maybe, maybe, because I know we're talking French Open, but we're going to talk basketball first. Maybe the next time they come back, the Wizards will have won an NBA championship because Bro, the Cicadas I'm, have come out twice I, since the last time not, they won it. I would not take that bet. How sad is that? You will not take I want to say something like, so on literally the day the Wizards are in the playoffs for game two at Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Jamoke, they had their owner shilling for a new in-arena gambling restaurant slash place where you can make your wagers right so they're yeah. flaunting this as the first in arena gambling site in the country on the same day that your team is playing at philadelphia and i was like the timing seems a bit off seems a bit strange and i wondered to myself hey could you go and make a bet like davis bertans of the wizards will not score any points <laughs> <laughs> can you bet that at your own in arena gambling site i guess you can bet on anything but it's really an interesting time because we've talked many many uh, moons about where sports is going and i never thought i would see the day where gambling is so prevalent mm -hmm. in coverage of any sports mm -hmm. i'm watching nba on tnt and they have like a little little thing to use for your phone yes to click they do on it, right yep on yep. screen it's crazy i wouldn't yeah. i never thought i would see this day so um yeah and but, and uh, obviously for employees they can't gamble on their team or the nba right of course but sure, it is sure. a, it is a new day that mm -hmm. it's it's common it's all right i mean you mentioned tnt they'll cut in the games mm -hmm. and show charles barkley and Kenny the Jet Smiths give a over under on a player or team's points. Like this is the new day. And the sad thing is 
I I hope for most owners, and I imagine for owners and players, mm-hmm. you can, you still care about wins and losses. But when you're getting those dollars, the gambling dollars, probably I don't care. I'm just getting my money. So well, that's and that's the the interesting angle that I'm looking at. The optics aren't great. I mm-hmm. the optics are not great when you're boasting about bringing in a gambling parlor to your arena you have basically said to the public i'm here for the mighty dollar yeah because and and i always say like and you know this too the reason the casinos and these places in las vegas look so nice is because the money's coming in Mm -hmm. right if they weren't Mm -hmm. making money you'd be betting like in in bathroom stalls right yeah 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 there's a reason all these places can afford to do that because they're taking your money yeah so my advice to people when they get all excited about hey there's a new gambling site or hey maryland's about to legalize gambling i'm like well that's that's not good for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) stay away because they're going to take your money yeah i mean heck even uh in the city of dc they like promote the government promotes the promotes their gambling it. site. I can't yeah. remember what it's called at the moment, but I think it's Gambit or something. Gambit. Gambit. That's it. Gambit. Yeah, Gambit. Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so yeah, obviously I watch your two-minute report after every game. Oh, thanks. Bro. I think a subtitle should be to be frank. <laughs> That's oh, what there you go, right? Because know, you hold no you you no holds barred for Frank Hammerhand. You say it like <laughs> it is. Well, you are honest to a T. Well, here's the thing too. Like, why are we so afraid of being honest? Like, mm-hmm. if I was a player on the team and I want to get better, I want you to tell me what I have to get better at and be honest and upfront about it. Mm-hmm. And I find the criticism of a team can be level, can be fair. It is not personal. It is just what I saw and what I see. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's where, you know, we talk about the NBA being soft. I think players have gone exquisitely soft in terms of uh, taking constructive criticism. It's okay for people to say, you need to get better at something. Mm -hmm. This is not acceptable. If you're making X, Y, and Z dollars, I'm just giving you my opinion. So I like to just say what's on my mind in a very professional and I think very fair manner. Mm-hmm. specifically when you have a team that was really and we're talking about the wizards was so celebratory in them making this run yeah. getting the eighth seed yeah and they they really uh accepted that role of hey nobody wants to see us in the playoffs mm-hmm. and what's happened in the first two games against the sixers yeah they haven't done anything to warrant that respect mm-hmm. they wanted all that respect about this run to get in as the eighth seed well now show me something show me a little bit more that, hey, we need to be respected by the Sixers because right now uh, Philadelphia is having its way and easily. Yeah. And I also Mm -hmm. think even in that Boston game, that play-in game, that first one, that was a game that I was looking at to say, okay, have the Wizards really turned a corner? And I was like, no, not really. They just, they, they ended up beating Indiana, crushing them actually. But I thought Indiana, not it's not so much I want to take away from the Wizards, but I felt like Indiana spent so much energy uh, to win their first game that they were spent by the time they got to watch it. What did they score? 144, 146 points in that first game, that yeah. 9-10 game. 
And mm-hmm. so when they came up against Washington, it was like, ah, we're spit. And they were injured too. And I was surprised now I'm not at all for like tanking, but the Celtics match up better with the Sixers in my opinion, or yeah. anybody that's not Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> right? No, right. no. Yeah. So they're getting the big three in the first round. Sixers have the big two. Uh, not saying the Celtics should have tanked, but if you're the Celtics now, you're thinking we probably should have lost the Wizards and then beaten mm-hmm. the Pacers so we can at least have a chance at the series against Philadelphia because they got yeah. no shot against the Brooklyn Nets. No, I, I, the I just back yeah. they have no shot. They're getting no. <laughs> and 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 Kyrie is added to that with him talking about the racial undertones in Boston, just adding to the drama of that series that'll definitely, it's going to be testy uh, the other night. But so Washington, obviously neither one of us feel that they have a shot at beating Philly, but is there something that you will look back at this season that Mm -hmm. could make you have hope for next season that maybe they, they, maybe the learning curve, they just need a little bit more time to play together with Scott Brooks as coach or no Scott Brooks as coach to be even more of a contender, maybe looking at that five, six, maybe even the four seed next year. Yeah, that's a good question. I I think I'm sticking with that. They have to make a move with the coach just for for no other reason, but to play a little bit better defense, a little more greediness, um, giving up 71 points in the first half of a playoff game is just inexcusable. Like I would mm-hmm. be going nuts if I was the owner, like, how can we allow this? You scored 57 points in the first half and you're down by 14. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not even in the game in game two. So they need to make a change, even though your superstar highest paid player likes Scotty Brooks, he knows it's a business. Everybody knows it's a business and we'll move on from that and get a new coach in here who at least brings a little more toughness on the defensive side of things who will actually try to make adjustments in terms of your starting lineup. The fact that Gafford isn't starting is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like that. I I don't understand that at all. Uh, They have done some, some good things with a depleted roster, but to your question about next year, when it's, we expect everything to be fully back to normal. I think that's the perfect time to jump off and get a new coach. Um, I think they definitely need a, a, a third <laughs> weapon. Yeah. I laugh because they paid Davis Bertans all that money and he has done nothing. Mm-hmm. You also have to have your younger players develop a little bit more like Rui Hachimura. So hopefully the maturation process and another year older with this team, like you said, they will gel even better. But I think they are missing a, a new coach. They need a new coach. And B, they need to bring in some other guy that can provide a little bit of offense to take the pressure off Beal and Westbrook. Yeah. I don't know if that can be yeah. Thomas Bryant, but him becoming a stretch five oh, yeah. or stretch yeah. four. And, and you miss a guy like that for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, the fact that he can go inside and outside. Yeah. I mean, that's a great mutant to have. Yeah. Because with Gafford, we all know he's just inside. Mm-hmm. But you can take a seven footer and yeah. put him outside. Yeah. He's yeah. almost like uh, he's like a poor man's a real now. Not let's I'm not getting away and carried away, but he's like a poor, poor, poor man's Jokic. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can literally go anywhere on the court mm-hmm. and, and just dust you. So I'm sure Brian that, would like yes. that. I'm sure Brian would like that. Compliment poor, 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 po
Um, anything uh, else? You know, we both watch tennis and basketball. Is anything else surprising you about the NBA playoffs? I don't want to steer you to one thing that's surprising um, me. So I'll let you say what what you're. I, I, I'm surprised by Memphis a little bit. Wow. I mean, okay. They lost game two by twelve. Mm-hmm. But they're hanging in there. I thought Utah, even without Mitchell in the first game, mm-hmm. I've seen Utah play several times during the regular season. I thought even without Mitchell, their depth and their their toughness was too much for Memphis. But hey, the Grizzlies are hanging around and doing some good things. Um, let's see, Lakers getting yeah. back to uh, you know their their DNA of, of being a champion. Uh, I think they'll probably now win the series against the Suns because again, one, once again, Jim. Okay, Chris Paul's health, man. Yeah, right. Like it's I know, unbelievable. Um, sort of um, theme with him. Yeah, and it really is. Because that one year they could have been the champs if he hadn't hurt his hamstring or whatever. In Houston. In Houston, two years. In Houston, ago. Um, yeah. Uh, they always terms- call him the point god, but it always feels like he falls short. He comes back down to earth, even though he's supposed to be the point god. It should just do always like, happens. Um, he shouldn't do like insurance commercials. He should do like <laughs> hospital commercials. <laughs> that's, that's bad. That's bad. Or maybe, it's not his fault. He's getting hurt. <laughs> Affleck yeah. or whatever. Affleck. Yeah, yeah. My surprise um, is the Clippers. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised because oh, they have always God. seemed to underachieve. And now they are down yeah. 0-2 going to Dallas. Dallas is in the driver's seat with Luka Doncic. I think they could get swept here. What's up with the Clippers, dude? They got rid of their coach. It seems like the players didn't want him there anymore. Mm-hmm. Careful what you wish for. Ty Lue's in there. Uh, your superstars are not. Yeah. Not coming through, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah, they're a team that is sort of confounding because I've watched them several times this year too, and it's not like they scare me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like the, the Lakers, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're, they're going to turn it on, and they, they sort of have. Yeah. With the Clippers, I just don't know about their rotations. You know, they've, they've got all these sort of tweener guys, um, and with Leonard – and George is your your go-to guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's tough when 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 you're facing off against a team that I guess they sort of tanked to face Dallas. Not tanked, but they positioned themselves to face the Mavericks. Yes, they, they did. Beat, right, they beat yeah. them in the, in the playoffs. Well, unlike uh, well, similar to what you said with Boston, who didn't make the right call, the Clippers yeah. were trying to position themselves to play Dallas. They were, yeah. and now so they're it's, just not. They just don't seem to be uh, playing with any sort of interest. Mm -hmm. Like it's just sort of, and that's what I love to see series like the Atlanta and the Knicks with that crowd. It was like, man, every possession counts. It really, yeah. They're just very sort of half-assing it so far. We'll see though. It's still, I mean, they they got a long ways to go, but losing your first two games at home. Yeah. uh, It's not a good sign. I think about uh, the report on the in the athletic. Shout out to them when they were breaking the news that while Montrez Harrell left the Clippers for the Lakers and talking about how there were a lot of players who weren't happy with the preferential treatment for mm-hmm. Kawhi and Paul George. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think a lot of their issues are off the court. It's the not playing back to back like the other rest of the guys are that it's oh, just 
you know, injuries as well. But, you know, we'll see. Dallas has a, a, a chance to really break the Clippers' heart. And, and in many ways, heck, they may blow it up. You know, they may say mm-hmm. we got to shake it up because it's the second year in a row that we are underachieving, which will mm-hmm. be crazy. It'll be crazy. Yeah. That um, new coach was supposed to solve other problems, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think now Ty Lu got lucky. He got lucky, I think, with LeBron James and the Cavs. And he's rode that to, you know, a little more prominence. But I think this might be, heck, heck he might be the one and done. Maybe they're going to say, hey, we got it. We we, this isn't working out, Um, but he's definitely on the hot seat, just as probably Scott Brooks is. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's let's switch topics here as we go to tennis. The French Open is back in its regular time or regular slot in the season, so to speak. Um, Have you been following tennis at all? Are you excited about the French Open? I am. I am excited. I, I would love to see. Um, perhaps maybe this is the time when the younger generation finally takes that next step. Because what does Nadal have? Like twenty Grand Slams. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. It's crazy. And um, I would like to see if Osaka can handle the French clay. Because it is a different game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that surface is a is a bear. It's a beast. And there's a reason that. Nadal has been so successful on it. It's just, uh, it's definitely can get inside players' heads and uh, how people adjust to it. So, yeah, I've been paying attention, and this is going to be very interesting um, with, with uh, you know, Nadal trying to defend yet another crown. And I would say that, you know, the women's side is, is certainly definitely a little more wide open than the men's. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. looking forward to it. Rafa has 13 french open titles and i i get you i am i am level with you in saying will a young player break through but when we've just seen phil mickelson at 50 win the pga (laughs) championship uh obviously tiger woods tom brady the list serena williams but not more recently but the list is going on and on and on of these older players that are finding uh, that they can still play and showing the younger players, you can't just knock me down so easily. So that would be my thing when I look at Rafa, who is really, you know, on the older side uh, with Djokovic as well. Uh, would you still consider Rafa to be your favorite on the men's side or is there, you have another sleeper player? I would say it has to be Rafa and going back to just the surface, right? Um little inside tennis here i played on red clay like a week and a half ago oh wow and i've never really played on clay i'm a hardcore guy yeah it's so different yeah right slower the 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 surface takes spins differently uh which is so impressive about rafa because it doesn't matter what surface he's playing on he's one of the dominant players but Mm -hmm. you can be really good at one surface which he is yeah, <laughs> be very good at other services, which he is. So that's why I'm saying I still think he is your favorite. Um, yeah, even though he's, you know, he could be almost a master's player, right? That's crazy. Because yeah. remember, back in our days, like over 35, you were ancient, right? You, yes, you were, yeah. You were playing on the retired tour, and, and it's funny because uh, now they they feel like Phil Mickelson, like 45. Yeah, Phil Mickelson yeah. winning at 50, he can play on the PGA both. tour. <laughs> 
for like till he's 70 years old because and the, not the, have to do the it's to, and he could do both right yeah, he exactly. could he could and now the funny thing is to go back to you saying this was you mean you haven't played clay at carter baron i mean i played clay but not red oh, oh okay okay because that's where right. i would play all the time yeah. i know it's yeah. green no, I, would clay, the, but... I would do like the yeah the the grayish clay yeah but not red red clay is a little different it's a little different too, right yeah okay yeah 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 so so that's that's my point about Nadal. He's just such a master of that surface. So as an opponent going in, if I'm a little hairy and mm -hmm. leery of the surface, my opponent already has the advantage because he's so good at it. Uh, so yeah, I, I still think it's Nadal's tournament to lose, absolutely. And uh, so I think it's Nadal's tournament to lose as well. I mm -hmm. you know I think when you've won 13. You know, what's 14, what's 15? He's he's kind of proven that he is the master. But there's a part of me that I look at the, can Djokovic beat him? You know, mm -hmm. um, can uh, you talk about the younger players, Varev, Sitsipas. I mean, Sitsipas already beat Rafa once this season uh, on clay. Um, that I feel like those that that's about as low as I will go. I, I don't see a breakout player being able to win this tournament. Maybe Medvedev. Now he's not a breakout player, but he mm -hmm. is somebody that I know he's come out and said that this is, excuse me, his goal is to, to win this thing. Certainly that's the goal of every player, but to sort of publicly state that is interesting. Rock. He's a beast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would say, yeah, to your point, you're not going much deeper than the top five, top six guys who have a shot. You know, team, that's your guy, you know, Djokovic. Team, team. Um, and, and you know, I don't give, if Federer is in the, in the draw, right? Is he coming back for this? I, he, back? he is coming back. He's coming so back, but that... he's not, but yeah, I, I can't factor him in just because he's been off for so long. But that would be a great story if he can make a run. Yeah, Rafa is favored at minus 25. Djokovic is at plus 400. But I was going to ask you about Federer. He's at plus 7,500. You take a flyer on him? Sure, why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> right? Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. My guy, Team Team, is at plus 1,200. Uh, so that's, that's about where I figured he, he was in be. the finals last year, right? Yes, he was. So yeah. let's see if he can get back. But mm -hmm. no one's talking about him. No one's talking about yeah. him. I have heard Casper Rudd. He's at plus 5,000 as another <laughs> sleeper pick, but I don't know. Nice. On yeah. the women's side, before we talk about uh, who's in and who's out, you know, we talk about the media, you being uh, frank and honest in your takes. Uh, Naomi Osaka has said she's not going to talk to the media. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in her mind, she does not want any negativity. She's going to take the fine and not talk to the media at all during the French Open. My thing is, I get that, but I almost feel like you're playing into the psychology by doing that, that you are putting that in your head versus saying, I can live with it. I'm strong enough to do it. I'm not a fan of the decision. I think it's sort of lame. Uh, you should just give your money back if you don't want to do part of your job. Mm. Part of your job is to promote your brand, promote your game, promote your person. And it's not helping you if you don't want to do these post-game interviews. 
you've been in on these things. I've been in on these things. The questions aren't terrible. Okay, if somebody floats you the same exact question, you can say, hey, I've answered that before. You can go reference it on Google. Like, it's not that hard to push off a question that you don't like. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like it's an excuse to get out of doing something that you should be doing. And I saw a lot of people applauding her for this. I don't understand how a tennis match in the big picture of things is relevant to whatever is going on in your life, right? So, and look, I may sound old school, but you're playing tennis. Mm-hmm. You're, not out, you're not out saving lives. So mm-hmm. if you have a tough match, you lose a tough match. You know, part of growth and maturation, Jamoke, is dealing with defeat and, de- and dealing with rejection in the manner of a way that you have to deal with it. You have to face it. So if you lose a match, you have to be a good sport. You shake your opponent's hand. You shake your, the umpire's hand. And if you have to face tough questions, you do mm-hmm. for five minutes and you answer it and you, you get all that money. So, you know, I've always felt like as a member of the media, um, yes, some questions can be hard, but as a player, you understand that this is part of it, right? You get into this, this is part of your obligation yeah. to promote yourself, promote your brand and to talk about the match. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, she should be fined. And, you know, she can come out and make statements all the time when she comes onto the court. She makes big time statements. She can use these media availabilities to continue to make her statements. So I honestly have no idea her point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? I don't get it. I really don't. I, it's, it's, it, it just sort of confounds me. Yeah, I think, you know, the fact that the French Open and Wimbledon are the two tournaments that she hasn't won. I think that she doesn't want to get that question anymore. I do think she is a very emotional, cerebral player. And that plays into her psyche. If she has to answer the questions, you know, why haven't you won here yet? Or if she gets a tough match, she really needs to be, seems to be like she needs to be that kind of person who doesn't want to entertain those kinds of questions. You know, I get you about asking the same question. Okay, yeah, a lot of times people, you know, in the media, we do that because we want a different answer. We're thinking you answer it once, you answer it a second time, you elaborate a little more because you're you're trying to give, uh, uh, you're trying to get a different response. But I guess when you're the highest grossing female athlete at what, 55 million in 2020, it's like she can afford the $20,000 fine that she's going to get for not talking to the media. Uh, Let's move on to the players that are going to talk to the media and the other ones who are playing in the tournament. (laughs) Who are you thinking will be the favorite? Simona Halep has already pulled out Ash Barty. Uh, She uh, won the French Open in 2019, but didn't play in 2020. Who are you looking at as a player that you think will be hoisting a trophy at the end? Uh, Yeah, Osaka for sure. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, she's just so good. But again, we'll see how she can play on the clay. She's so strong. And that's the other thing, too. If you're a really strong player, you can you can get away with some things on a different surface. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennan, too. Although she's had some issues with, like, her coach and stuff or her dad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm curious to see how Williams will do. Um, but I would say, yeah, I would say... Kennan and the defending champion. I, I don't even remember. She, Iga Swantek. 
She's yeah. at she's at plus two seventy five to win it. But nobody knows who Iga is. Nobody, I have no idea. No one knows right. who that is. Yeah. No disrespect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'll go with the, the usual suspects. Um, but yeah, Osaka, I mean, she looks so good at the Australian Open. Again, different surface, mm-hmm. but she could be, you know, she should and and could be just head and shoulders above everybody else. Everybody else. Sophia Kinnan is at plus 5,000. Wow, uh, okay. Yeah, so she- A good return? Yeah, you, got, you can get a really good yeah. return. Osaka's even at plus 1,200, which isn't, wow. which isn't bad. So who's but the favorite? The favorite is Iga Swant Swiantek at plus so 275. Yes. Okay. Ashley okay. Barty is at plus 500 right behind her, uh, the mm-hmm. Aussie. And then Arnya Sabalenka is at plus 800. Those are your top wow. three. Okay. And I think when you talk about the toughness of Osaka, which I do get, you know, I thought in that Australian Open when she was playing Serena uh, in the semis, right? And Serena won, I think, the first two games. And everyone's like, uh-oh. And then Osaka oh, yeah. just calmed herself down and then just turned it on. And it was a completely different match. No, that's what's scary. That yeah. she is that talented. Um, when she settles in and her confidence is going, I, I just, I don't see anybody that can hang with her, even on mm-hmm. this surface. So I, you know, I'm taking a, I have to call my man and, and get a little something on her. Cause I think, <laughs> yeah, I think she clearly is the best women's player. No Serena, matter what the surface. Yeah, Serena's uh-huh. at plus 2,500. If we're talking about the older generation finding a way to win that one last match. And I know for her, it's a big one last match that she's trying to get uh, to pass Margaret Court. So we'll see if she can do that. Yeah, that was uh, sweet. Yeah. Right. Frank, thank right. you very much for, for spending some time with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can check out Frank on WTOP. And also after every Wizards game, you can check this <laughs> report. Thanks, Thanks man. I appreciate you. See All you. right. I don't want to thank Frank Hanrahan for joining me on Just for Sport. Again, you can check him out on at J Frank Hanrahan on Twitter. And you can also listen to him on WTOP in D.C. Always good to have him on talking about the French Open and the Washington Wizards. And we recorded the show a little bit earlier. And since then, the draw did come out for the French Open. Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, and Federer all ended up in the same half of the French Open men's field meaning only one of them can make it to the finals. But it also means on the other side of the draw that there is an opportunity for a Medvedev, Daniil Medvedev, who's number two, number five, Stefano Tsitsipas, number four, Dominique Thiem, and number six, Alexander Zverev, all on the same side. And on the women's side, Serena Williams had some familiar faces on her side of the draw. She could play Angelique Kerber, Petra Kvitova, Victoria Azarenka, or one of the younger players, Arnya Sabalenka. Then on the other side of the draw, you may see Ash Barty, 
Alina Svitolina, Sophia Kinnan versus Iga Swiatek, and Naomi Osaka versus Bianca Andrescu. As for who I am going to take to win it, I'm going to stay team team. Dominique team. He is now on the side of the draw that doesn't include Rafa, Djokovic, or Federer. I've always been team team, as you heard Frank say. He was in the French Open finals. I think he will get back there. And I'm picking him to win it. On the women's side, I don't know if Naomi Osaka can win it. But even if it's like I'm not necessarily a fan of her not talking to the media, if nothing else, it signifies that she's serious. She's out to win this. She's out to show that she wants to make history. And I think she's going to do it. She's going to win her first French Open this year. So I'm going with Team Team and Naomi Osaka to win the French Open. So this should be fun. This should be a lot of fun with the French Open. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Back at its usual date. Unlike last year, it was in the fall. A lot of things changed with the pandemic. But it's going to be fun. And I am definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. All right, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Thank you very much for listening and supporting. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I know I will. I'll see you on the other side. Ciao for now.